<laughs> what a bummer way to end camp, right? It's so interesting. We're about to open up to Jonah chapter 4, so if you've got your Bibles, check it out. It's a very interesting way the whole thing wraps up. So many lines from that little drama right there. Hey, can we one more time make some noise for Hume Lake? What a awesome weekend. They put so much time and effort into the stage and the worship and uh, you know, putting together the, this, this theme for you. And can we also make some noise for your youth pastors and your counselors? They're amazing. Counselors, youth pastors, thanks so much for being up here and loving on these students. I, I, I mentioned it last night. I just hope you guys continue to do that. And you students, I'm going to encourage you. Uh, you've made some cool conversations and, and times with these counselors. Uh, don't stop. Why would you stop? Continue to uh, go down that road of you know, in getting invested into by some men and women that have uh, gone down that road. So good. All right, here we go. Jonah chapter 4, what has happened, right? If you remember, Jonah was told to go to the backyard or to, to Nineveh. He says, nah, I'm good, forgetting about a right view of who God is. He, he runs away thinking he could do his own thing, thinking he knows better. Well, his sin and consequences affected not only him, but these other sailors. And they're like, what did you do? And he's like, I ran away. I wasn't listening to God. And they're like, we now understand who God is. And you need to get away from us, right? And they throw him overboard. Uh, a whale comes, rescues him in a weird way, right? And uh, in there, he... He, he understands, again, all right, view of God. And he's like, all right, God, I'm going to listen this time. And then the, 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 the fish spits him out on land. And he says, all right, now go into Nineveh. And he walks into Nineveh and he said, hey, you're, you repent or bad things are going to happen. And they actually listen. They listen. And they change their ways and they give their life over to the Lord, which you did. Some of you did last night. And what was awesome is we had some applause going on in here because so many people have been praying for you, not just here, but back home. And so excited as you stand up. And you would think that that would be Jonah's reaction as he walks and he's like, repent, repent. But for some reason, he just doesn't. Well, there's a lot of reasons why he just doesn't like these people. And for some reason, he thinks, well, I should be forgiven, but they should not. And instead of being excited, we're here in Jonah 4, and it says this, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, is it not what I said? Again, there's a lot of eyes in here. Is, it, is this not what I said when I was in my own country? That's why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Let me stop there. Did you, did you read this? I know best. I know. We're back to this. And he says something that's insane. I know, God, that you are, listen to this, steadfast in love, merciful, slow to anger and relenting from disaster. There's people out there that you're like, why is God so, so mean? Why does he hate fun? And it's like, no, no, no. Jonah himself is saying, I know you're a God of love, a God of mercy. And I don't like that about you. What? 
Oh, he likes it because, did you catch it in here? He's like, you, you, you forgave them, but you, you took away my lemonade. I'm obedient all the time. Really? But you weren't obedient. Well, that's true. And that's what we do sometimes. God, how can you forgive other people? And he's like, because I've forgiven you. So you need to forgive other people because I've done it to you. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Jonah, snap out of it. Are you really mad about this? I am who I am. I'm gracious. I am love. It's who I am. And you're mad about that? Jonah went out from the city and he sat in the east of the gate and made a booth for himself there. And he sat it under the shade until he, so he could see what was going to become of the city. Now, the Lord appointed a plant, or lemonade, and made it come over Jonah that it might shade him, uh, shade over his head to save him from discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm to attack that plant, so it withered. The sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on, jo- on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die, and he said, it's better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, again, do you do well being angry for the plant? And Jonah said, yes, I do well to be angry. I'm angry enough to get to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant. You pity this chair falling over and spilling lemonade on yourself. You pity, you're so mad about the plant in the shade. Listen, you pity the plant for which you didn't labor, you didn't make it grow, which came into being at night and perished at night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons, who do not know their right hand for the left. Also, much cattle. End of the book. What? It's a weird way to end that book. It always makes me chuckle. There's a lot of people that don't know me. And there's cows. What did we just see here? We saw a guy who was... A prophet who was job was to tell people about the Lord. That's his job, and he didn't want to do it because he didn't want the same mercy that God has given him and love and grace that God has given him to fall on other people. And so he runs, and God, in his sovereignty and in control, he brings him back because it's better for the sailors, and it was better for Nineveh, and it was better for Jonah. And yet he goes reluctantly and he tells people, hey, turn. And they turn and they understand a right view of God and it is good for them. And for some reason, he's like, he wants nothing of it. And he gets into this altercation with the Lord and you see so frustrated at the end. Just that line. If you knew me, 
you would be with me and you're not. Your heart isn't in it. And to this morning, all Hume wants to just kind of leave you with this morning is your life has been changed, radically changed, because the God of the universe came down, died, and, and, and went to the cross and rose again so that your relationship with him could be restored and you're sitting in this room and your life has been renewed. And so you're going to just hold on to that? No, 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 we give that love away because we talk about the things that we are very excited about. And if I was in this room with you and it was just one-on-one, -on -one, I'm like, dude, what gets you fired up? And you're like, Fortnite, whatever it is, right? Uh, Instagram, whatever it might be, you could talk about it all day long. You literally could talk about it all day. Me and my daughter is the greatest, cutest thing this morning. I wake up, she comes out with her, P, her PJs and her little blanket. She jumps on my lap and we just sit there. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I was like, oh, don't let this leave. And she's like, we just start talking. And she's like, dad, do you know anything about Minecraft? I was like, not a thing. And she's like, well, let me tell you about it. Do you know about, you know, the, what, Bean, are you back there, sis? Did she leave? Oh, great. Uh, Hey, Isley, what were, what were some of the things you said? The what? The zombie people, what are they called? The mob or whatever? Anyway, whatever. I, that's how much I don't know. So, uh, yeah, relax, relax, relax. Listen, she starts going off on this whole thing, and she's like, Dad, you really know nothing about it. I was like, I know nothing, but I do care because you care. And she's just talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Why? Why? Because it's impacting her life, and we talk about things that are impacting our life. Friends. Your life has been changed, and God wants you to not just hold on to his love, but to pass it on. Let me pray for us, and we'll jump into this thing, and we'll wrap it up here soon. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for Jonah. Thank you for his life, that it's not just the easy, perfect life that sometimes it's hard for us to understand and relate with. I believe that a lot of us can relate to this fact that you've called us to do something, and sometimes we don't want to do it. But God, may we have a heart for the lost because you have a heart for the lost. And may we not hold on to your love. May we share it with everyone. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I came across this article uh, in, the, in the news about a guy who was actually a very good hiker. Um, and he wanted to go hiking in the L.A. mountains. And so, you know, he's been doing it, you know, he's been doing it all, all you know, most of his life. He knows these mountains pretty well. Well, he goes in, and the one, you know, he's like, I'm going to go take this right. And then he took a left, and he took another right. And all of a sudden, he looks around, and he's like, oh, no, I'm lost. And he's trying to find his way back. It was just a day hike, so he wasn't really dressed appropriately. Shorts, short sleeve shirt, little bottle of water, his cell phone, but it's running out of battery. It's almost like a, a bad movie, right? And he's trying to find his way out, and he, he doesn't have cell reception. So he starts climbing to the top of this peak, hoping maybe he could get a signal. He gets up there, and he just has enough. I mean, it's literally like a... a scary movie, right? I, he sends out one text to his friend. Hey, I'm lost. And he takes a picture of himself and he says, help. And that was it. And he, and he, he presses send and then his phone goes blank and that's it. He doesn't know what happens. That's it. And his friend actually receives that text, but they don't have a GPS location, so they don't know where it is. So the friend is frantic about, oh, my friend's lost, but I don't know where this is. They send it to uh, Search and Rescue, and Search and Rescue is like, it's just a little picture. In fact, here's all that came through with the picture. This is it. So you could see this guy hike to the top of this mountain. He's got cut up on his legs. His feet are all mangled. He's scaled this top of the mountain, and he takes this picture. 
in hopes, this is it, I need help. Because this guy is lost and he is out of water and it is not looking good for him. So search and rescue, they're going through all their database. They're like, can we do anything? Do we know where anything is? And everyone's like, I don't know where this is. I don't know where this is. I don't know where this is. So they put it on, uh, on um, social media. Hey, does anyone, any hikers out there, anybody recognize this place? And one guy who's not that much of a hiker, he has a weird hobby. And what he does on the side, and I don't know all the nerd thing here that he does, but what he does is he gets his computer and he watches movies. He takes a screenshot of movies and he takes that film location and he scours on the, on the internet with different, you know, satellite images. And he tries to figure out where they, re, you know, they film these movies on the satellite imagery that he does, Right. I mean, he could just wait to the end of the movie because it shows it in the credits, but whatever, right? It's his hobby. He loves it. So he's like, I wonder if I could actually use my hobby to help this guy. And sure enough, he gets this thing and he puts it in his whole, you know, thing and, and, and it comes up. He's like, actually, I, I think this is where he might be. He sends it to search and rescue. They get a helicopter out there and they end up finding this guy about a mile from where that guy did his little thing right the the lost hiker gets on the, the the helicopter he lands and he is just so thankful and they go to the guy who saved this man this lost hiker and they say hey how do you feel about that what do you think I man you helped rescue this guy and he said this and it's pretty unbelievable he says this it was gratis it was very gratifying that he was saved because if you have information that could help save someone, well, that's something worth sharing. How do you feel? You saved this guy's life. And he's like, oh, I feel great. Why? Because if you have something that's worth talking about and helping that could save someone, well, then that's worth sharing. Friends, you have something worth talking about. You have something worth sharing, and it's the good news that has impacted you. He is slow to anger, and he is steadfast in his love, and it's not for something you just to hold on to. It's something for you to share. So I'm just going to leave you with these three things. May you savor the gospel. May we show the gospel, and may you share the gospel. May you savor it. May you show it, and may you share it. May you savor it. How? Think on it dwell on it. The gospel we talked about last night, like I said, for those who are Christ followers in the room, it's not a one-time message and you forget about it as if it's good for eternity, which it is because it's, you're made new because of him. But it's not something, all right, I'm saved. Uh, I get, we got our whiteboard here, right? You are good. You are holy. You are life. You are everything. Now you've made a way for me to be back to you. See, I'm going to live my own life. No! He's made a way for you to be with him, not just one time at camp. It's to enjoy him, walk with him. So savor that. Think on the gospel every single day. Dwell on it. Savor it. Ephesians 4.1 says, live a life worthy of the calling. May we keep looking up. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountains where my help comes from. I'm constantly thinking of him. Refocusing our thoughts daily leads us to confession that he is faithful to forgive. Psalm 139, we talked about it. God, search me and know me and, and see if there's anything in me that shouldn't be there and lead me. 
Dwell on the gospel and let it transform you every day. Possibly, if you're taking notes, maybe just write this thing down. Ask yourself every day, how is the gospel transforming me today? Savor the gospel. Show the gospel. How do we show it? John 13 says this, my new command, I give you love. Love one another. People will know that you're my disciples. People will know you actually believe in Jesus by the way that you love. Love one another. Shine as a church body. That's easy to do right now because we just built box sleds together. We just played broom hockey together on their team. We've slept in cabins and, you know, we've just enjoyed each other's company. We're, we're, a, we're a tight-knit group here for the most part. You and your church are going to go home and everything is good for now. You interact. You come together. You worship. You talk about the Lord. You're sharpening one another. But why stop doing that, friends? Don't get distracted by petty arguments. Your church body could shine in the midst of darkness by the way that you love one another. Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the enemy get a foothold in your life or your church body's life. No, 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 may you savor the gospel yourself, thinking about, God, if there's something in me, get rid of it. I love you and I'm so thankful for you. God, may I live my life with you. And now in my youth group, all right, there's little arguments between me and this person. Nah, let's squash it. Hey, I love Jesus. You love Jesus. I know we're not getting along here. Can we just, can we pray together? Can we, can we do this? Why? Because life isn't about you. So stop making it about you in your youth groups. You have an opportunity to shine and to show God's love off by the way that you love one another. Not just your own friend who does something to benefit you and you benefit them. The church body is beautiful because there's all these individuals that wouldn't normally be friends and family and you're united. Not because of uh, hobbies or sports. You're united because of Jesus. So come together. Put petty arguments aside. Love one another and you will show God's love off in a practical way. Romans 12, if possible, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Show his love off in a practical way. May we savor the gospel. May we show off the gospel and then may you share the gospel. 1 Peter 3 says this, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks for the reason of hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Be prepared to give an, a reason for your hope. Don't answer this out loud. I just want you to think about, do you know how to share the gospel? Hopefully you can savor it. You can understand I need Jesus every day. Hopefully you can love one another because of the love that God has given you, but can you share it? Well, hang on a minute. That gets scary. That gets a little difficult. I need to learn a little bit more first. I was out on the golf course, and I'm an awful golfer. I play with a lot of friends that are really good golfers. I've just never really gotten into it because I'm awful at it. And every time I get out there, I'm going with good guys, and they're like, all right, put your hands here. All right, bend your knees. All right, lift up your right foot. Good. All right, drop your shoulder. Now go down, and then when you go, you got to have more weight on this. And it's so many ideas that I just am like, I'm just so overwhelmed, I don't even want to golf. And here's what's great. When I actually golf, I'm good at it. I don't think about everything. I just kind of go, and then I start to learn how to do it while I'm playing. 
Too often we just start to prep, okay, it's like go out there, I got I to bend my knees, I got to lean forward, I got to put more weight on my right than my back, I've got to squint, close my eyes, open my eyes, uh, uh, do some practice swings, and I get so caught up in all of these things that I'm not even playing golf. Go play golf! You want to learn how it is to actually share your faith? Here it is. Write it down. Ready? This is make it easier to share your faith. Ready? Share your faith. I don't know how to talk about Minecraft. You, you just talk about it because you love talking about it. When did you start talking about Minecraft so much? I don't know. You just started talking to friends, and all of a sudden it got easier, and you got into it, and you're like, oh, ah, and you can't stop talking about it. Start talking about it. May you savor the gospel, may you show the gospel, and may you share the gospel, and it's hard, yes, I know, but you have all car ride home to practice with your friends. What would that look like to just sit just for a half an hour until you even just, you know, get off of this little chunk of the hill? What would it look like? All right, guys, buddy up. Just share your faith. Somebody sits next to you and you're like, all right, go. All right, well... Hey, do you know who the Lord is? No. All right, I'm done. <laughs> well, no. Go after. All right, well, hey, God has done some things in my life. Would you care to hear about it? No. All right. Listen, that happens in life. All right, I want to know. Well, tell me more about who this God is. Well, well God, you know, in the beginning, God, and, you know, his son died, and, um, you know, there, there's a whale in there somewhere. What? We laugh, but we expect our youth pastors to share the gospel, but that's not what it says. You have been radically changed. And may we not be like Jonah, who we've been changed, but we don't want anyone else to know about it. I don't think there's people that you hate that don't want to hear the gospel, but here's the thing. If you're not sharing the most important thing that could help change their course of life, their eternity, not just for this small little span of life, but all of eternity. Friends, you, it seems almost that we do hate them if we're not sharing the most important thing that can change them. Well, I don't know how to do it. So then practice. On who? Your youth pastor, your counselor, your friends. Can you imagine what it would look like in our youth groups if we actually practice this more? All right, here we go. You got 30 seconds. Share your faith. Who is God? Why should you care? Go. What are biblical places you would take them? Well, one day I'll practice. Practice today. Start playing golf now. Don't just start practicing in hopes that one day, because then if we are ready, it says this, always be prepared to give an answer for anyone who will ask for the reason of the hope that you have. Be ready. Because who knows, as you stop out at in and out on the way home, or you walk into your home that some of you are walking into, and mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, uncle and aunt might not know for the Lord, they're going to ask you, how was camp? And you've got an opportunity, a small window, to tell them about the hope that you have. Don't wait for some of you. That time is coming in a half hour. Be ready. There's a quote that that man said who saved that lost hiker. It's very gratifying that he was saved because if you have information that could help save someone, boy, that's something worth sharing. Friends, 
we have something that is worth sharing. May we savor the gospel. Thinking about it daily, may we show that gospel off in our youth group and may we share it with anyone who comes in our way, into our path, who asks us for a reason of the hope that you have in the Lord. Let me pray for us. And Lord, we come before you and ask for a desire to love people the way you do. Even now, for you to bring in one or two names of people in our school, and that scares us right now because we don't want to do it out of fear. But Lord, may we have a reason for the hope that we have, and may we share it. May we not wait for a year or two years. May we do it today. Because you were slow to anger, rich in love, and you've changed our life, and you were the most important thing in our life. You are our life, and may we share it with all who would ask or come into our life. May we be the first ones to tell them about you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.